Okay, so welcome everyone. Another miracle occurs. Uh, it's not just a miracle, it's actually taken quite a bit of uh, organizing and uh, through this amazing medium of online Zoom and some pretty uh, careful thinking uh, by the retreat managers who've generously offered their time and intelligence to make this happen for us. Uh, so this is the occasion. Uh, it is an occasion. You know, these online things can seem pretty easy, you know, push a button, but actually they're not. They're, they're not easy. Uh, uh, I mean, they're good, but they take, take some doing. And uh, that, in a way, gives it a sense of occasion. It's not a casual affair. It's uh, something that is, has an occasion to it and uh, requires uh, effort, intelligence, discipline, restraint, actually a lot more restraint on your part uh, and care on your part because uh, you're not in some secluded retreat centre. You're right in your home with all that that entails. So as you're probably well aware, this is both a, a, a great opportunity to integrate to make your home a temple you know, with sacred spaces and sacred times in it and learn that that discipline where you really plant what's important for you in your heart into your living place. It's not just the place which is full of the worldly duties. It's a place that's full of your Dhamma duties. And those Dhamma duties are things you have take equal care to maintain as you do any other any other duties. So this is a great opportunity to integrate uh, uh, practice into daily life. Yeah. Of course, there are also challenges, you know, if you have children or a pet, dogs or something, and phone, you know, so some things you can switch off, people you can't switch off. But, <laughs> um, you know, so I hope you... Um, make the efforts to explain and and we have we're not going to be online all the time but really uh, uh, trying to make this online experience as contained and full as possible Mm. appreciate the sense that because of this occasion we are uh, straddling the planet which means that for many of you this is night time some people it's early morning myself it's afternoon so naturally, that means that you know some of the teaching will be occurring in live while you're asleep. But we're making every effort to get these things recorded, videos recorded, so that when you wake up, you can push a button and you get the talk that was given, you know, five hours ago, which is uh, another wonderful thing. So I really like to feel that you know you are all included and make every effort to try to create occasions for everyone to be online together. If that's not possible, then there will be recorded material that you can pick up so you stay in touch with the flow of what's going on. You have your sheets, your information sheets, and have a look at those in due course. But, of course, the most uh, important thing when we start a retreat is we acknowledge the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, uh, our, our guide, our leader, our, our centre, our aspirations and our 
hopeful fruitions. So um, we'll start with some chanting. And the chanting which I've uh, created or edited out is the sections of longer chants. Um, it's, it's basically a rather simplified salutation to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, um, which you'll find on your sheets. And uh, this will first of all we'll go through that in Pali language. There's a particular resonance and sound and purity to the Pali language. Language is not used for anything else. Nothing else has been done in Pali except Buddha's teachings. There's no nothing else but is purely purely Buddhist teaching language, amazing language. So all the sounds, all the resonances, all the meanings are associated with awakening. And uh, just think of the number of throats and vocal cords these sounds have rolled over. Uh, and that's what we belong to, that ongoing community through time and space. So it's a way in which we align ourselves to the aspirations and the commitments of people throughout the world, throughout history. Do that in Pali, and then I'll want, then we'll do it again in English. So once you've done the Pali, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, then we'll go back to the beginning, do it in English. So you're also getting a brief, you know, a, a hit or a brief touch into what's being said, uh, what's being uttered, the meaning of it, and then we'll finish the chanting with a, um, a mantra on page 14, which is called the Refuge Mantra. So if those of you are not familiar with this, um, we begin by making an offering of incense uh, to the Buddha, who is, we have an image of the Buddha here. And you notice the flower represents purity, moral purity, and the light represents wisdom, and the incense represents the cultivation of, uh, of meditation. And so we offer that, bow to it, and then we'll begin the chanting. Now, normally, of course, we have the wonderful experience of hearing 50 other people. But because when you do this online, if we open it up to everybody, the voices don't actually synchronize. So you get this incredible cacophony of, of voices not harmonizing. So it would just be you and me chanting together. But imagine there's another 200 people doing the same thing, because that's actually the case.
Yande nam jatandare boresa yukane atta boresa bokala e savagavato savaka sangho ahuneyo bahuneyo dakineyo anjali karaneyo anuttarang bonya ketan lokasate So look at the English chant, chant the qualities of the Buddha Dhammada Sangha. Now let us chant the recollection of the Buddha, a good word of the Blessed One's reputation has spread as follows. He, the Blessed One, is indeed the Pure One, the perfectly enlightened one. He is impeccable in conduct and understanding, the accomplished one, the knower of the worlds. He trains perfectly those who wish to be trained. He is teacher of gods and humans. He is awake and holy. Now let us chant the recollection of the Dhamma. The Dhamma is well expounded by the Blessed One, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation, leading inwards, to be experienced individually by the wise. Now let us chant the recollection of the Sangha. They are the Blessed One's disciples who have practiced well, who have practiced directly, who have practiced insightfully, those who practice with integrity, that is the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, these are the Blessed One's disciples. Such ones are worthy of gifts, worthy of hospitality, worthy of offerings, worthy of respect. They give occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world. So when we cultivate chanting, and this is called puja, puja which means to honour, to praise, and it's a particular um, gesture of the heart that we're capable of. It's, a, it's an important gesture to be able to make because it's a gesture of the heart that lifts and rises uh, without craving, without pushing without willpower, without desire, just the sense of rising up. And rising up with something we feel is beautiful, worth living for, worth rising up to. And it's important to cultivate that every day, 
because a lot of time we're just dragging ourselves onwards or being pushed onwards or or falling down and dragging ourselves along (laughs) or swept along or spun around (laughs) you know we lose autonomy in this flooded world but this is an occasion we stick our heads out of the floods (laughs) and uh, rise up that's the theme of meditation of Dhamma practice sticking it out of the flood and rising up an occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world so when you do the English you might find a particular phrase that suddenly strikes you uh, as worthy of consideration now the quality of rising up uh, through puja is uh, embodied mm. so it's uh, uh, it's a particular uh, gestures you make which are offering a gesture of offering uh, just for the beauty of offering you make, a, make an altar so that you can feel it's your special place special time yeah. this is not just getting something done there's no payback. It's just just something that you can make offerings to, uh, and so just because it lifts your heart, yeah. And you put up there. Uh, I put these images up there. You can put your own images. Something that reminds you of uh, what's worth rising up to, awakening, uh, freedom, liberation, wisdom, compassion, truthfulness, integrity. You know, I mean, but these words uh, uh, are uh, easy words. We make them something that's a little more physical and embodied. And you actually put your body into it. Offer your body. So the the sense of the puja is I offer body, speech and heart. Mm. Offering the body's bowing. Offering speech. Is the act of making sound um, and uh, offering heart, intention, receptivity, focus. I'm offering that focus. Yeah. Um, and there's a particular stately, you know, steady. It's not frantic. It's a very steady, sonorous. Uh, quality it's just good to cultivate that know that it's not something that's any got any speed to it you can't you shouldn't do it in a peremptory functional way and that's great too it's a it's a it's an art puja it's a craft like calligraphy or playing the violin or something you don't not getting it done and it's nice to be in that particular energy and that particular mind state. Now, making sound, something that we're gifted with, and you just consider that you're using your breath, and with chanting, use your entire upper body, not just your mouth and throat, but use your abdomen, your chest, your throat, uh, your mouth, your nose, your lips, and your ears. Use the the full set, you know, 
yeah and they're all important including the ears because the ears are helping you to keep the tune if you're chanting with other people otherwise you just can go off so the act of puja is a harmony you can only use harmony if you if you're receptive using your ears as much as your voice it's not a matter of belting it out as loud as possible but of being able to listen and let you, your hearing consciousness and your vocalizing consciousness let them meet and adjust the tone so it's in harmony it doesn't have to be loud you don't have to have a great voice uh, but it's important that it's got uh, you're with it you're listening to it so it ought to, but by itself these two consciousnesses the hearing consciousness and the vocalization consciousness will start to harmonize together yeah that's why it's actually better to learn chanting from hearing it than reading it because there's not the same connection between the ear the eye and this and the voice as there is between the ear and the voice okay so now and we do chanting when well, you, you drop your shoulders, take a long breath out, go way down your torso to the base of your abdomen, let all the breath out, take a slow breath in through your nostrils, fill up, and then begin using first of the abdominal muscles, just gently like a squeezing squeezing is too strong word but gently you know pushing the air up through your chest into your throat yeah, and out through the mouth yeah and so the actual sound only is not all of that you start with the breath and like within a second or two half a second then you as the air comes up to your throat and you use your throat muscles to make the sound so you know as I breathe out uh, so I breathe out now the sound comes a little later when you listen if you listen and also tune in with your body, you can feel resonances occurring in your skin, in the bones, particularly the chest bones and the head bones. Now that's an important effect because it helps to settle the nervous system. The nervous system is embodied. You send this gentle resonance into the nervous system through the physicality of the body and through the hearing you're getting a calming and resonant effect. And so really, you keep the chanting in your body. What comes out of your mouth is, that comes, but really to feel it in your body as it's coming up through your chest, through your throat, when you feel it resonate in the palate which is right underneath the brain you can start to ring you get subtle resonance in the bones of the skull because you're resonating the sound at the base of the, of the skull in the palate 
and don't push it because once that once that sound's gone out of your mouth there's nothing you can do with it it's gone <laughs> it's too late <laughs> so while, while you've got hold of it in your mouth in your throat in your and your tongue and your lips really hold it so that when that comes out you've done everything you want to do with that sound you felt it you felt it rising in your throat you've held it in your mouth and you've moved your tongue and your lips behind it and then you can let it out so you and really use the mouth so the tongue drops or it rises in order to make the sound you and your lips form the particular uh, consonants lips and tongue and teeth form the consonants but the, the vowel is the throat and the resonance of the mouth so the vowel is always the open sound which is the resonance to it and the consonants those hard sounds k, j, p, they just cut it clip it into shape and those are nice light crisp sounds the sounds of the consonants and it, it and the pali language is such that it's the the um, every vowel is a pure sound they're not they're just oh, oh there's no l no twisted sounds they're just all straight pure sounds so it helps your 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 vocalization experience to be very steady because you're only making one sound, you're not making a sound that twists into another sound. L, you know, it, oh, so that, that's the effect. You get a lovely, steady resonance in the head when you you cultivate like that. Hmm? Hmm. Um, if you familiar or just a brief. A little bit spooked by the sight of these Pali letters. Um, just listen to the sound. You'll get it. These uh, uh, It's not the same as an English uh, language. You've got H's, which are just, the H is just the P sound. It's not, rather than the P sound. So you just have a B on its own, it's But if it's B-H, it's B. So you get soft, plosive sounds. And you'll pick it up. Um, you can look at it online. You can look at a chanted book. They'll tell you how this thing, all this stuff operates. But for now, we won't bother with that. You'll pick it up. Um, mantra. Now, what we've done just now is a, is a recitation. Uh, and there's a particular flow of meaning in that. With a mantra, you get the meaning over and over and over again. It's a sort of sense of really in training an impression and a sound and a meaning in your heart you chant mantras because uh, you're doing the same thing over and over again it just helps to steady calm the mind and train it into a particular theme and so the, the first one we're going to use well the only one we can use for this retreat is called a refuge mantra and you'll see that 
in your chanting sheet. I think it's page 14. Mm. And mantras are generally done in threes. So you might do three, recitate, do it three times or nine times, or depending how much energy you have, you do them in three, nine, you know, and, and so on and so on. 108 if you're really into big time mantra recitations. But we'll just do start with the three. sound, listen. Listen with the ears, listen with the heart, and as if you're something who is still chanting. Meaning, tuning into the theme, awakening, the guide, being guided, by an awakened one, 
How beautiful is that? A teaching accessible, relevant, available, leading you onwards, inviting you, come this way, find out for yourself. How open is that? Companionship, those who practice insightfully, those who practice directly, worthy of honour. Entering this company.
This chanting, we're setting up the body, the speech, and heart, bringing them together. And this is the combination we use for meditation. It's not separate, it's the same thing. Meditation, we don't make external sound. And our thinking, our speaking is minimal. Just reminding ourselves as is necessary. Bring yourself out of the flood. Rise through the body, the spine, open the chest, keep the head up. Use the body energy to rise. The span of the chest opening. Wherever the inside of the mouth. Relaxing tongue. Opening the head internally through Relaxing around the eyes and the forehead, the skin. Relaxing the muscles in the face and the skin. Get a sense of the head opening. No longer such a pressurised zone or an organising zone. Feeling the space that occurs when the organization and the pressure stops, we realize a certain space and uh, wonderful qualities in that openness, receptive. Hold the space with your body. So you feel the sense of the spine rising, frame of the body. It's just like a picture frame. So we don't fall over into the picture, fall over into our minds. And ventilate. Allowing the turgid or dark or muddled energies to be breathed out. Mm. Drawing in sweet, pure air. Breathing out turgid, tangled, stressful stuff
this occasion we're not uh, focusing on any particular sensation primarily we're just cultivating rising up holding up opening ventilating you might say it's an energy practice clearing energies pujas help to stimulate and massage energy in the heart, voice and the body awakens everything up in the system internally quieting it down all the energy of your mind, heart, body breathing out every inhalation it rises again comes in we are restored breathing out ventilating to state to get a sense of uh, clearing and steadying focus on the energy Good occasion to establish your, your intention for the day, a general mm, commitment for the day, intention for the day. Mm, a very simple theme, integrity or taking it steady. You know, you know, understanding your habits and making intention that will balance, bring balance and clarity to your life.
So we'll now include the morning the puja and the salutation, final salutation, closing homage. Supatipano Bhangavato Sanavaka Sangho Sanghang Namami So we'll close the group session this time. And for those of you who are available, we'll uh, meet again in about one hour, one hour's time.